0: This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID by GetGroup North America, the smart choice for ID implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant one eight zero one three five, and surpasses ANVA guidelines. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to ANVAcast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the ANVA community. Here's your host, Ian Grossman enjoy
1: the show. Welcome back to the Amvocast, everyone. This week I am back with our most frequent guest, Chrissy Neiser, our Chair of the Board and Administrator of the Maryland Motor Vehicle Administration. Welcome back, Chrissy.
0: It's always a pleasure to be with you, and Thank you.
1: So th- this week uh, we wanted to check in with Chrissy as she is approaching her home stretch as her tenure of Chair of the Board. Uh, part of what is uh, comes with being chair of the board is getting to host our annual international conference, and we're getting excited to come to Maryland in uh, a matter of weeks, really, but mid September. And so we thought we'd check in with Chrissy, see how the planning's going, um, and get folks excited because registration is now open.
0: Yeah, and really the year has just flown by so quickly and we're so excited to be able to welcome everybody to Baltimore, the Anva team, as well as our team in Maryland are really working hard to provide some unique experiences and hopefully a lot of fun as we bring everybody together. And, you know, I haven't had an AIC in a few years, unfortunately, um, due to everything going on in the environment. And so we're so excited to be able to host this year and bring everybody together from some unique experiences, I think.
1: So let's talk a little bit about those unique experiences, because certainly, uh, even though it's been, uh, it'll be the first in-person AIC since two thousand nineteen in Omaha. Uh, there are some fundamentals everybody will expect. Uh, certainly, the great educational sessions. Uh, some of the topics that are evergreen topics. Some new topics that people can see by looking on the agenda on the website. Um, of course, we'll have our the you know opening session, which. You know, let's talk a little bit about the opening session because I think ANVA has retained some traditions and some natures of ceremonial activities that maybe a lot of organizations don't really do anymore.
0: No, it's true. I mean, I think the opening session really sets the tone for the rest of the conference. It brings us back together as a community to remind us of why we're there, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's a presentation of flags. Law um enforcement's involvement in that process, you know, it reminds us who we are as a community and what we're all about. Um, We're going to be proud to have one of our employees sing the national anthem and the Canadian anthem, and you know, it's just really a symbol of pride for us to have one of our uh, employees, our supervisor. Actually, used to be at the Baltimore City branch, now is in the, the county branch office, but. You know, a member of the community to be able to provide that—it's—it's it's always something that's very touching. I think attending those ceremonies and, and learning a little bit more about each of the jurisdictions when we attend—and
1: in the formal annual membership meeting—that's a part of those opening sessions. Uh, some might think it's a little stodgy but at the end of the day AMVA is a nonprofit association that's obligated by its bylaws to have an annual membership meeting and it's the one time where all 69 jurisdictions have the opportunity to be in the room vote on their officers vote on policies vote on bylaws changes not that we have bylaws changes this year but to go through that important process as a responsible organization that's right we do have
0: several policies that the members will be considering it is an important process as we always say it's an organization that's by the members for the members right it, it is meant to be reflective of what's going on in the community and to make sure that's why we have these annual meetings to bring everybody together and vote on those important issues
1: now in addition to some of those traditional elements like that along with of course the closing banquet our uh, past chairs breakfast where we get an opportunity to honor your predecessors and welcome you into that club if you will uh We are trying some unique things this year. Uh, Those who know Chrissy know, of course, she's always looking, how do we innovate and change and take what works and sustain it and then build upon it. And so uh, this year we're doing what we're calling immersive learning experiences.
0: That's right. As you, as you know, I've attended quite a few conferences over the years and just learned so much from um, all of them, but just trying to think about how to, again, we continue to evolve and meet the needs of the members. And so for me, I tend to learn better when I can see something and touch it and feel it, so to speak, and then also have that dialogue and that conversation with other colleagues. And so we are scheduling this uh, for Thursday afternoon. So it's the last day of the conference. Um, and we're going to give you opportunities to get out and about. We have a lot of great infrastructure right there near where the conference is being hosted and so what a great opportunity to be exposed to things that maybe folks would not get an opportunity to do normally within their job. But each of these really touches what we do every day and, and can kind of provide you with that unique insight that you might not get just sitting in a session in the conference hall.
1: So let yeah, let's, let's go, go through them. Uh... Let's go through them one by one so people can hear about and learn about and understand so that if they're considering registering for the conference, um, they can keep this in mind when they're looking at the agenda.
0: No, that sounds great. So, uh, first of all, one of the opportunities is to go to the Port of Baltimore, and that is, um, I think, a unique opportunity because it is, again, so close to where we are. You don't often get the opportunity to be on a functional port. Mm -hmm. A lot going on. Security, obviously, is high. So... Um, We'll get you on um, the port grounds and take you throughout the facility. It's interesting that Baltimore also has um, one of the uh, strongest businesses when it comes to automobiles. Mm. And so as you think about what we do, as you think about stolen vehicles being imported, being exported, Mm -hmm. you know, I was just talking to a colleague who was telling me a story about these vehicles that were stolen from one state attempted to be washed through the, the port in his home jurisdiction and then sent overseas. So as we look at the operation of the port, and we'll have the opportunity to hear from one of the professionals, one of the executives there, it's through that lens of, okay, how does what's happening here in this very sophisticated operation, when you see the cranes, it's quite impressive, yeah. but how does that impact what I do back in my job in terms of our reliance on Ambitus, you know, making sure that we're doing the necessary verifications we need to do to make sure that we're not allowing these vehicles. To be stolen, or those titles to be washed and then moved um, outside the country.
1: Yeah. So obviously, there's that direct connection of importing and exporting vehicles through the port, um, and then those that you know may work in other spaces, understanding the the business impact, the economic impact of of ports. You know, we talk a lot in our business. We talk about everything that you you know you touch, feel, use, buy, and sell. You know, came on a truck, right? The last mile came on a truck, but before it got on a truck, most of it came through a port and we sometimes forget you know that role that it plays in the economic engine
0: no that's a great point and obviously our role with CDL drivers and the shortage that we've seen over the last few years and that direct impact in terms of you know how those goods get from where they are in the port to yeah. our homes um, so yeah all of those pieces of transportation kind of come together as well as the security role that, that is played at, at the port itself and so um, I think it, it will provide folks a great perspective. Um, to take back to to their home
1: jurisdiction because yeah. i i've not had the opportunity to tour the port of baltimore but some years ago i had the opportunity um tour the port of buffalo so that was the one chance where i you know was able to you know walk up and down and see yeah. it in action and it's it, it is eye-opening it is. yeah all right so that's the port what else what else we have
0: so hopefully most of you will be flying if you're not driving through B- BWI Thurgood Marshall Airport um, but we're going to give you the opportunity to come back again and see a little behind the scenes tour. Obviously Mobile DL is a huge topic of conversation um, and we want folks to be able to see the process. Uh, we've worked with TSA and they're going to partner with us to allow folks to be able to see how that process works. Um, how somebody gets cleared. Um, obviously we're issuing MDLs in Maryland as well as other jurisdictions who are doing it. So will give folks an opportunity to see how that process actually works firsthand. And then we'll have a session right there at the airport. They've um, given us some space where we'll be able to have states talk about the implementation process. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of questions from jurisdictions who are in the process trying to work through it. What do I need to do? And so you know, having states talk about the planning process for MDLs I think Now's the right time for that conversation. The pop-up classroom did a great job of giving the overview. Now what do we need to do nuts and bolts to prepare?
1: Right. So at the airport, um, it's a place where they'll get to see both somebody using an MDL credential as well as understand the technology that TSA is using to, to read it. Um, very specific to that use case pilot of MDL and TSA.
0: That's right. So they'll be able to see it both from the end user standpoint as well as the TSA perspective. And so they'll have some folks there that'll explain the hardware and how that works and what the verification process is. So we'll get to see a little bit behind the scenes of the process and what you can expect uh, if you're working with TSA in your
1: jurisdiction. And I guess it's a good excuse to give another little uh, plug uh, for those that don't know the geographic layout of how convenient for those that are flying, how convenient BWI will be to getting to the AIC location.
0: It is very close. Uh, depending on traffic, you can be there in about 15 minutes. And so that's why it is such a great location to be able to go out and do one of these experiential learnings because we can get you there quickly and allow really a, a full uh, afternoon to be able to learn and to see firsthand. Excellent.
1: Excellent. Okay, what's next?
0: Great. So, one of the things I always learn from is touring branch offices. And I know this has been a frequent addition of many regional conferences, at least, um, and even informally other meetings. And so, um, one of the things we've done in Maryland is really create this focus on a one stop shop, the idea that you can do other services at our branch offices. Some of them might be provided directly by our employees. Others are provided by other state agencies who we co-locate. Um, literally one station might be ours and over in another area might be another state agency, Department of Natural Resources, for instance. Um, or in the case of us issuing it, birth certificates. That's Mm -hmm. one of the things we're now doing in Maryland. Um, So we're going to take you to our Essex branch office, which is just outside the city lines in Baltimore County. Um, It's a facility we've recently expanded, um, which again has that DNR, it has birth certificates. It also has our Department of Veterans Affairs, which I think is kind of a unique partnership we've done in Maryland. Um, They have regional representatives at the state level that help walk veterans through the benefits that they should have access to. And one of the things that we realized, it started as more of a, um, they just needed space. They were having difficulty um, financially affording space in other buildings because they're not a very large uh, department. And we were able to offer them rent free in office space. But what we very quickly realized, it wasn't just about that physical space. It was about how do we continue to wrap those services around a veteran? Because many things that we provide um, at motor vehicle agencies you know, provide some additional benefits, whether it's to currently serving military or to veterans. And so these have become really great partnerships. And so literally, somebody might be walked from that Veterans Affairs Office directly to the counter to be able to assist with titling or some other issues. Um, that they might be struggling to, to figure out, and so we're really proud of that partnership. So I love, always love to see how you know, other states do their operation, mm-hmm. and so this is a great opportunity, I think, for folks to get behind the counter and see what's happening. We just completed our modernization, so that'll okay. be another I mean, yeah. big thing for yep. folks. I know there's always a lot of interest out there in modernization. Modernizations are never complete, but we're, we've just right. reached a milestone yeah. in it, so mm-hmm. that's
1: exciting. So you'll be able to see how the new systems are working and see how the uh, counter staff have adapted to the new screens and are are working through that process. And, you know, maybe even see, um, you know, the behind the scenes of how some of the Anva systems integrate into your daily business.
0: That's exactly right. And so, um, you know, my hope is that I always learn something when I do one of those tours. There's always something you take back. I remember, I think we were up in Maine and they took license plates and they created station numbers and so if you do the tour you will see we now have our station numbers on license plates because I thought it was such a so nice way me, of yeah. you know engaging the business that you do every day and making things right. a little more colorful. You know it's not just a black number at the top of the station. So from those kind of little things to so the much bigger strategic one stop shop does sure. this make sense in my state you know I hope that folks can take something really concrete back from that experience that's the Essex branch. At the Essex yeah. branch branch office that's right so one of the other experiences will be with our transportation authority so it's kind of a two-part um so depending on how you come to see us there is a tunnel in very close proximity and they have a command center right there which as you can imagine transportation authority in charge of tunnels and bridges and so anytime you have an incident in that kind of facility, obviously the risk is much higher. So that command facility is, is located um, right there and that's where you know their law enforcement arm of that agency is going to manage that incident along with obviously their operations folks. And then actually you can go underneath the tunnel and see all the infrastructure that goes into that, right? Think about the ventilation, you know, all those things, not just the, the structural, you know, aspect and making sure that sound drainage is a huge issue. So really thinking about, you know, these structures that maybe we go through all the time, depending on where you live or maybe not so frequently, but, you know, kind of getting underneath the cover and seeing what makes it work.
1: When you say go underneath the tunnel, I don't know that, you know, people that maybe haven't worked in that side of infrastructure don't always realize when, you, when you're driving through a tunnel, you're driving through a tunnel inside of a tunnel. That's right. And so you know, you'll, there's an outer tunnel that has all of the you know, support mechanisms that you can physically walk through, and that's what the, our folks will have a chance to actually walk through and see while there are cars whipping through above them without even knowing. who know, I, I don't know if you've done it before, how loud it is. Is it a thing you could hear, or is there so much insulation you don't know that the cars are above
0: yeah, no, that's a great point, because if you think about it, they have to get down underneath there to be able to work on things, right? So there has to be a structure underneath to support the folks who are supporting the infrastructure. And so, yeah, um, I've actually never been underneath there. Okay, I drive okay. through there almost every day. Um, but, yeah, it is fascinating to think about, okay, so we've got a tunnel going underneath. That's where the harbor is. So you've got water in certain areas, and then you've got um, the infrastructure underneath. So it, it really is fascinating. Um, so, again, hopeful that, that folks, I know a lot of um, our jurisdictions work with their tolling authority or easy pass authority and so this is a way to get a little bit of insight in some of the work they do every day and uh,
1: will there be some conversation around that as well the the toll you know. infrastructure side so it's both the infrastructure incident command just the cool factor if you will going under a tunnel yeah. um, and then there's also the conversation around tolling and toll collection which i know you don't own if you will in the maryland mva but you're all part of the dot so it's a very close relationship
0: Definitely. Our executive director of the tolling authority will be there to welcome everybody and give a little overview of the agency. Um, certainly that relationship, even if you don't have a tolling authority in your state, your residents probably drive through a state that does have a tolling authority. And what does that mean? How do we exchange records with tolling authorities? You know, it's been a big issue mm-hmm. over the last several years. Yep. Um, so I think that operational conversation is important in terms of MBA operations and engagement.
1: with the authorities. Certainly. And as they would see in the tunnel, as you move to more all electronic toll collection, that ability to collect from out-of-state drivers, and I know that's especially a big deal for a state like yours where, you know, in that Mid-Atlantic Corridor, you've got so many out-of-state drivers coming through every day. Not to turn this podcast into a toll reciprocity conversation. Maybe we'll come back to that another day. But, yeah. it, you know, it's it's another element of how these immersive learning tours really start to impact what we're doing in the motor vehicle agencies day in and day
0: out. It's definitely true. I we mean, think about the uh, license plate readability, right? we oh, I mean, have yes. just got a program where you can put your plate through that readability. It's not only for mm-hmm. law enforcement, and obviously they're uh, license plate readers, but also tolling authorities, right? So it all kind of comes together in a lot of different ways. There's this new technology that's out there, digital license plates, wraps that are out there. Yes, so yes, yes. how does this all fit in with what our other colleagues are doing? And obviously transportation funding is a huge issue everywhere. You know, we're fortunate there's some additional federal funding coming, but long term, what's the solution yeah. there? So I think it, it comes all together, and that's why these
1: conversations are important. But to be able to not only have that conversation, it ties it back together, to be able to touch it, see it, and say, okay, when we're talking about this, this is what we mean by all automated enforcement and what these things look like, and why a, you know, a license plate reader, the way the license plate's designed, let alone how the reader's reading it, you know, to look at it firsthand, it, 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 connects those dots it
0: does because you know it's interesting in that um we did a pilot program or doing a pilot program the digital license plates the old technology that our um transportation authority had actually could read the place and the new technology couldn't uh, so you don't learn yep. those things until you go out in the field and you start that's touching right. it to your point point. and that's why i'm excited about yep. each of these sessions i'd love to be at all of them
1: <laughs> we've tried cloning you before Didn't i'm jaded so well. well no i don't think yeah. people would want yeah. that
0: <laughs> <laughs> what else you got so we've got a um, law enforcement um, session where we're going to bring some of the, um, the neat things that we've done in Maryland. You know, our highway safety office is co-located, so we've funded um, state police uh, impaired um, driving vehicle. They actually have a elite team of officers who um, go around the state in different areas where we see impaired driving is a real challenge. Um, and provide really concentrated enforcement working with the local jurisdictions. We do education and wrap that around it. Um, so that'll be one of the things you'll be able to experience. So it's about bringing out some of those great ideas that have happened around the country um, and you know, trying to provide that for law enforcement to really, again, have those conversations about how can I apply that back home. I think that's what we all yeah. want, right? We want to learn something that can help benefit our jurisdictions. And
1: end. in that case, again, it'll be this uh, immersive experiential learning, but we're going to bring that to the hotel we're gonna bring that's a little different uh, that will be off-site that'll be more there but it's still that same kind of touch feel learn discuss
0: it's a great point so we'll be at the hotel because we can bring um, that equipment and those tools and things there Um, but you know we really want to make sure that we're covering our law enforcement needs as well and providing them with some unique opportunities to have
1: great conversations about what's going on out there so now that we've got everybody excited about this, it's probably uh, fair to let folks know uh, when you sign up and you register for the AIC, it's not that you'll be able to sign up for one of these yet. We're going to be back in touch with instructions how to sign up. Uh, and I think uh, also just, you know, so expectations are managed. We're working on capacity limits for these, and so more guidance will be out. Um, you know, So, yes, we want you to be excited about them and know, you know more information is going to be coming soon about the immersive
0: learning series. That's true, and some of them like for a port. Um, obviously, there's some security things. So we'll just need some additional information for you, and that's why the sign up's a little bit separate. We do have one more, which is the Living Classrooms, our charity, yes. Yes. our charity, which is Baltimore based. It was really important to me to give back to the community, and um, Living Classrooms does a lot of great work, um, from job development and and really making sure that our young people have the skills that they need to be prepared to go out in the world. You know, shipbuilding has an incredible history in Baltimore, and They've got this beautiful old facility, um, right? Not far from where we are, frankly. In the hotel, you could you could walk down to it, and so they'll talk a little bit about um, how that area came to be, mm-hmm. how that that building and that facility came to be, but also what they're doing today and. Um, you know, I came to interact with them when I was in leadership Maryland program and was really touched by some of the young people that were involved and, you know, some of the things they were doing, you know, they were teaching them at the time some um, woodworking skills and then they were selling chairs and other, you know, beautiful furniture that they made with the idea that teaching them these skills is something that they'll hopefully use for the rest of their lives, even if that's not their profession. It's, it's just great skills to be learning. So hopefully, um, like me, many of you will share that same um, just passion for, for wanting to help these kids move forward, and, and we're excited to be working with them as our charity this year.
1: And so for those who don't know, you know, Anva's got a really strong tradition of trying to better the communities that we're in. And one of the ways we do that is at you know, AICs and a number of the regional conferences, the chairs or presidents choose local beneficiaries to help raise some money for, and in this case, you've chosen the, the living classroom. And, and I believe if you go to that learning experience, you won't only learn about um, the, the charity and what they're doing to help folks in need, but they've got a really fascinating museum at one of their facilities around, like you said, the, the history of shipbuilding and the African-American community in Baltimore that's right
0: and so for folks who are interested in history i mean baltimore and maryland have a really rich history and we're going to try to um, expose you to some of that at the conference but definitely that's an experience we'll learn a lot about um, you know how it developed as part of Maryland, what it means to the economy of Maryland in terms of our waterways, not just Baltimore, but um, the Eastern Shore and, and, and the uh, folks who live throughout the state of Maryland. And so yeah, if
1: you're interested in history yeah. that would be a great one. And so as we're talking about raising some funds for, for this very worthy cause, it's a good opportunity to maybe talk about a little one of the fun things we have planned for, for the conference, which is something a little bit different than we've done at other AICs.
0: That's right. So for um, the opening ceremony, I'm um, sorry, not the opening ceremony, maybe, but the open reception, we're going to have it at Camden Yards, which for folks who have not been there is a beautiful ballpark. I know I'm somewhat biased, but, um, you know, kind of one of the new designs of ballparks. And it also integrates uh, the warehouse that was there back in the day. So it's a nice, I think, representation of taking what's old and integrating it into new development. Um, so we'll have, there's no ball game, unfortunately, but um We'll have a, a great space there by the warehouse, if you've seen that um, in pictures of the stadium and uh, some areas where the, the Hall of Fame statues are and just, you know, a lot of space to be able to maneuver around and, and uh, re-engage with folks that maybe we haven't seen for some time. So as part of that, um, we're going to integrate the charity and raising funds so there'll be ability to um, do some games. You know, Rhonda did a great job I think in uh, the Tracey races Trusting I think races. that we had oh, a few yeah. years ago and I and I tend to think we do best when we're doing something when we're engaging in activity you know as a community we come together um, so we thought about and we're working on different kinds of games that folks can engage in um, my team is even uh, floating the idea of a dunk tank
1: I second uh, that I tie. second that motion yes the dunk tank
0: only because it's, your, it's for charity ticket. only yes. because it's for charity so uh so yeah I think the idea is kind of like when you go to the fair you buy a wristband and it gets you unlimited games that you want to yeah. do so traditional games or may have like a batting cage and some you know sports related things similar to the ballpark but maybe even um, you know, some other things that you yeah. traditionally
1: do at like a state fair kind of event. Maybe you have to pay a little bit extra to get that ball to dunk Chrissy in the tank. Yes. <laughs> Try not to think too much about it, but yes. <laughs> yeah. well, we'll do that. And I guess I will, I'm will. i going to put on my, my baseball geek hack for, for a second. Um, the exciting opportunity to go to Camden Yards, for those that haven't been there, you know, you talk about the older style. Um, for those who don't know, the last 30 years or so, as you've seen this movement of New ballparks built to look like old ballparks all started with Camden Yards. When Camden Yards was uh, built in the early 90s, I believe it, it It's was. actually the 30th year anniversary, so it's a great oh, yeah. time
0: for us to be going there. They're celebrating the 30th, 30th year, year anniversary years. just this year.
1: They were the first that took that approach, and it created that renaissance of build new parks but make it look and feel like old. And, you know, um, I it would be hard to say that the first one still didn't get it the best I know that's not correct ga- grammar there but you know um, it, it's hard to compare one that found that sweet spot of a new ballpark um, that feels like you're stepping back to the way baseball used to be but uh, again this is not my baseball podcast that's I'll have to start a different baseball <laughs> podcast to talk about that stuff
0: well and it's meaningful to me too as you know Ian and, and many other folks know you know my brother played ball his whole life and so I grew up on a baseball field he played up through semi-pro ball and so you know my love of baseball did not end then and still have loved the Orioles despite their struggling years although we're at 500 and it's the all-star break so I'm a happy um fan this year but um, did you ever play I did not play myself. I played other sports, not baseball myself, but it's certainly a love of mine. And, and the Orioles. So buying a ticket to have a catch the with
1: the uh, cheer, Chrissy Neiser. I may, was a may junior Oriole a back
0: year. in the day, and even oh. had the honor of throwing out at Camden Yards around the first pitch a few years ago, which was definitely a nerve-wracking but worthwhile experience. That's a big
1: deal to throw out the first pitch at a major league. Yes, so it's
0: a little bit of pressure. I have to admit.
1: I think the best part of that story that that you've told me off-camera is there are strict rules about where you can step on the field.
0: Yes. I mean, you know, I was nervous enough about getting the ball to the home plate and not getting booed, as I'd seen others do. And then you get there, and you realize there's these strict rules, like don't touch the line and only step here. And when you get off the mound, move to your right and not to your left, and then there's going to be a camera. And I was like, oh, dear. Like, I'm now very confused. What am I doing I wouldn't need See. you like the production of it. You That's know, they right. had we're it down. Sick. They had it down pat. I love it. I love it. I yeah. made it to home plate. That's the thing I'm most proud of. That's so yeah, I did absolutely. not get booed. There were a few few claps in the audience. So I was happy about that. <laughs>
1: we'll have to find that video. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Sure. <laughs> well, Chrissy, as always, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. Um, for those that we've gotten you excited and you're not yet registered. Go to the Anvil website, follow the link, registration is open, early bird rates are still available so you are not, not too late. Um, book your registration, get your hotel, and if you need to, uh, if you're not within driving distance, book that airfare. So you can see us remind them of the dates. We've been talking about the AC the whole time. we haven't plugged the dates.
0: That's right. September 13th through 15th it is a little bit later and so weather should be good that time of year and just really excited to welcome everybody to Baltimore. you know it'll be so great. It's like a family reunion. I certainly consider Amba family and have everybody get back together. It's been so exciting to be at the regional events but yeah. to bring everybody together in one place it, it's really an honor and so so excited to see everybody. Excellent.
1: Well, thank you again. Thank you all for listening this week. Thanks to our producers, Claire, Jeffrey, and Chelsea Hadwin. Till next week, everyone, stay well.
0: Thank you for joining us for Anvacast, hosted by Ian Grossman, produced by Claire, Jeffrey, and Chelsea Hadwin, music by Gibson Arthur. This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. Visit us at anvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.